Hey, look at that. <laughs> All right. All right. Welcome, welcome. We are back. This is Dion Roberts, your host of Rocky Mountain Food Report, the podcast. And today I have the sheer pleasure, uh, Travis Blaney, who is one of the partners of How To Hospitality, is with me today to talk about all things restaurants in the Pikes Peak region and to specifically talk about Taste of Pikes Peak. Yeah. But first I'm going to just throw it over to you, Trav, and you're going to give me a little bit of that um, that dinner we had at La Unica, where you oh, told me yeah. all about your background, and I, I think it's just, it's it's a great story. So share with our listeners today how you how you jumped into this crazy world. Yeah, so I've been doing hospitality, uh, restaurants, hotels, et cetera, et cetera, for 20 years now. Uh, I was, uh, it was at the end of my junior year of college, I was at the University of Pittsburgh studying cultural anthropology. And like most people with a social science degree, I now work in restaurants. Um, and I took a summer job as a room service waiter. I was at the Hilton Pittsburgh and Towers 713-room convention hotel, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And by the end of that summer, it was like, you know what? Do I really want to get my doctorate? No. Do I really want to finish this thesis? No. Pass. I kind of want to be a part of this family that is the hospitality industry, and I want to make people happy every day, whether that's taking them a burger and a beer at 10 o'clock at night, which is what I was doing then, or <laughs> building restaurants, which is what I do now. Um, I just want to make people happy those and create great. Yes, <laughs> those things make everybody happy. Well, except for the stick in the muds. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah, I threw myself full bore into hotels. I grew uh, with Hilton from entry-level server to beverage manager in three years. Uh, I left Pittsburgh and moved to uh, Northern Virginia, right outside of D.C., to work for a company called Benchmark Hospitality. I was at that property for three years, and then they figured out, because we did a um, private golf course expansion. Okay. And I opened the clubhouse Sounds for that fun. there. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. It was my first opening. And I figured out I was pretty good at it. And more to the point, Benchmark as a company figured out what I was pretty good at it. And so they sent me on the road, and I spent almost three years on the road. Opened like six hotels. Um, the first two in Indiana. And then, like, <laughs> I did, I was almost a year in Indiana, like 10 months. And then one day I was getting sent back to Pennsylvania to do a three-month stint, and then I was going to go to Florida, and then I was going to go to Jersey. Um, I walked out of my apartment in Indiana, locked the door. That was in August. I didn't walk back in that door until April of the following year. Um, that was great. You know, 28 <laughs> years old, world's your oyster, traveling and staying in hotels. Um, it takes a toll uh, yeah. and you miss opportunities in your life, particularly from a social and a family aspect. But um, it was great for my career growth. So, yeah, I did uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, Jersey, and then I got to Colorado in May of 2008 to be the food and beverage director at Cheyenne Mountain Resort here in town. Did that for six years before finally striking out on my own and doing my own consulting work. And then last year, uh, my friend of 12 years, Greg Howard, uh, who I've been on the Restaurant Association board with pretty much since I moved to town. Everybody know Greg. Everybody know Greg. <laughs> La uh, 11th hour Howard. Uh, <laughs> the best partner in the world, except when he's not. Uh, no, so he and I partnered last year to launch How To Hospitality. He was kind of doing his own consulting work, um, and I'd been doing mine, and we said, look, our skill sets are extremely complementary. We don't have a ton of overlap. I am much more analytical and finance-oriented than he is. He is the 
people person and the relationship driver. I mean, we both can do both, but mm -hmm. we play to our strengths and our strengths happen to be complementary and yeah. not overlapping. And it's, it's the perfect partnership. It really is ideal. So that's how too we do um, restaurant consulting and restaurant management and concept development and we help you with marketing and we help you with finance and we, you know, whatever you need. You're struggling, give me a call. <laughs> you struggling, call Trav. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna remember that. Um, so what are some of the most recent projects um, in the springs that you guys have done that you wanna shout out? Yeah, so we have two major projects, neither which have, uh, neither of which I can name. Okay. Um, and that's, that's not really client driven, it's not really us driven, it's just, um, they're not ready to talk yet. You're just like, I just don't want to. No, <laughs> yeah, it's such an embarrassment. No, they're great projects and they're gonna be huge successes. Um, it's just people don't want the word out until it's ready to go, right? Totally, yeah. Um, so one of them's a club opening okay. here in the next couple of months here in downtown. Uh, right. That's getting hot right now. Uh, and then just did a mass retraining effort for a significant food and beverage operation up uh, on the north end of town, up off of Northgate. Okay. Um, did a whole front of the house retraining, a uh, complete change of service concept. Uh, and they've seen some really great results from that financially so far. The like, spend per person is up significantly. I think like 15, 20%. Well. You can boost your average check by 15% overnight. You're gonna be a happy restaurateur. Um, I'd say so. Yeah. And then we've done a bunch of other projects in town. We uh, spent a lot of time working with uh, Coquettes. That was about four months of work there, a month, month and a half on operations, and then the rest of it on really back-end finances and processes. Um, and that's been a huge success because now, like, now Turu's got capital on hand. She's got money to reinvest either into that business or into something else. Um, and Coquette's is the gluten-free gluten restaurant. Free, it's on yeah. South Tejon now. Used to be on North Tejon. Used to be in Manitou. Yeah. And a mother-daughter team uh, run that gem. And if you haven't had a chance to go in there, it's a beautiful space. Um, and the bakery itself is just, you know, it just kind of feels good to be in there and, like, looking at cupcakes and then and then buy them and eat them. Yes, buy them um, and eat them. <laughs> but they are Pick up delicious. some great CBD oil while you're there. It's my sole source for my CBD oil. Yeah, there. yeah, do that while you're at it. Yeah, Can't absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's, if for anybody who's not been to Coquette's, if you have somebody who's gluten intolerant or is, has celiac disease, first of all, you can't, no speck of gluten has ever crossed the threshold of that restaurant. I almost got our um, consulting contract canceled because I snuck over and grabbed a slice of pizza. <laughs> And tried to walk in the back door with it, and uh, someone hiyahed yeah, the pizza yep, out of your yep, hand. Yep, yep, Damn, yeah, yeah. Hey, they take it serious, but um, <laughs> it's a place where you can get fish and chips that are gluten free, and they're good. You can get chicken tenders that are gluten free, and they're good. Chicken fried steak, it's good. Like these are the kind of staples. Almost, I don't want to say diner food because it's it brings it down a notch. It still is elevated there, but. It's just that comfort food that you can get gluten-free that you can't find that stuff. I actually like that you said diner, though, and, and that you don't say New Jersey, that you say Jersey, because um, I want to combine those two. If you haven't spent a lot of time in, you know, on the East Coast and Pennsylvania and Jersey and stuff, diners are huge. And, um, you know, I think we, we belittle that food culture a little bit like it's not good enough, but... That food is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's like just I mean, if you don't go to a diner in Jersey, you are missing out on a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's actually a really 
good way to describe the food there. Do they still have the Monte Cristo? They do still have the Monte Cristo. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. But cool. But if you even have gone there and maybe didn't have the best experience, maybe it's worth going in to check out again after there's been some fine tuning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's they're really hitting. uh, She just hired um, a new GM, Allie West, who uh, actually opened till years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Allie's great. So I expect major, major things out of Coquettes in the next 18 to 24 months. All right. And then there's a killer barbecue joint. There is. We can't not talk about that. Yeah, that one I will name. That's Slinger Smokehouse and Saloon, Powers and Palmer Park, um, which is not necessarily a how-to operation. Um, it was just Greg and I got involved on the financing on that. I put a little bit of money, put a little bit of money up front uh, out of my own personal stash. Um and do that a, opened. Do you have in, a stash? Uh, no, it's all <laughs> sitting in restaurants now. Okay. I have a bunch of debt to myself. It's it was great. all in the corner, and now it's all in restaurants. All right, well, we appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. If you guys, if anybody wants to learn how to run juice on themselves, give me a call. I can tell you that too. Uh, but and still be above board. Slingers is really. I mean. All the great meats. I went in and had, actually had a salad um, uh-huh. with, I think, some of the pulled pork on it. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, I was there that day. Yeah, it was good. And yeah, it was of... like the week after we opened. I barely <laughs> remember that day. Oh, boy. You're like, who is this? Yeah, I'm like, um, <laughs> there's that chick I haven't seen forever. Oh, man. And then lots of great local beer on as yeah, well. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely making a good effort there. Yeah, 20 tabs. Was there one other project? Slingers? Coquettes? Something else you recently did? Oh, what else did I do in the last two years? Oh, there's something called Streetcar 520. Oh, yeah, It's been open a year and a half, so it's old news (laughs) and tired. Well. No, it's fantastic. Go to Streetcar, (laughs) people. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, we can't just have these openings and then it falls away. But, yeah, Yeah. no. So Streetcar, I'm a partner in Streetcar. I uh, came in to do some of the finance on that and to do the concept development. And to do the renovations and hang all the stupid bathroom tile that took me three weeks. Um, that's with uh, Ari Howard. She's the she's the face. She's the primary owner. Um, Go get a hug from Ari. Oh, one of the best hugs. I had one two days ago. I'm going to float <laughs> on that all week. Um, but so Ari, <laughs> this little, we called it, um, what was the term that we came up with for it? Oh, polyentrepreneurialism. <laughs> Because uh, when when that's, we opened Streetcar, that's a beautiful word. I was living well. I was living in Broomfield at the time. I couldn't afford a second place down here, uh, but I had to be here. Like we worked six days a week for five months straight to open Streetcar. So I lived with Ari and Greg, who are husband and wife. Let me make that clear. <laughs> it's um, okay if they're not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just are. want to make it clear. Okay, they are husband and wife. I am not involved okay. in that. Just to be perfectly clear the poly is about the business um but no so we so ari and i partnered on streetcar and then greg and i partnered on how to and i was living there at the time while all of this is happening and so poly entrepreneurialism i love it yeah it's a beautiful thing yeah it's great (laughs) love who you're gonna love yep Um, it was great to move out of there too i'm sure i'm sure Well, so among all those, um, let's keep adding on to the plate. Right, what's next? Yeah, there's got to be more, right? Um, And the big event that we want to talk about is uh, Taste of Pikes Peak. Right, so Taste of Pikes Peak, this is our 25th year. It's been called over the years many different things. Uh, The Hospitality Expo, the Food and Wine Expo, the Food, Wine, and Beer Expo, the Food, Wine, Beer, Spirits, I don't know. (laughs) Hence the name change to Taste of Pikes Peak because (laughs) it's a lot cleaner than all these things Expo. Um, this is the single largest uh, food-oriented event 
in the Pikes Peak region in Colorado Springs every year. It's put on by the Pikes Peak chapter of the Colorado Restaurant Association. I'm the treasurer for that board. I've been on that board off and on for the last 12 years. Um, and it is 40 plus restaurants, 20 plus uh, beverage vendors, spirits, wine, beer, plus some exhibitors, um, plus a culinary competition, plus a bartending competition, plus some cool fun surprises, um, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, that's on Sunday, March 8th at the Broadmoor. We moved it back to the Broadmoor this year after several years at the World Arena for a number of reasons, which we don't need to go into here. Um, <laughs> love the World Arena, love the Broadmoor. It's a better fit there for right now, for what we want to do. World Arena is such a big place, so I would think yeah. it would look so empty even if you have you know, a gazillion people there. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. well, you still got all those, you still got all the bleachers, you know, right. <laughs> that's yeah. what looks empty. So, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. I think that makes sense. And the Broadmoor is always classy. Choice. It's classy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classy place. Yeah. We're classy people. Look yeah. at us. Cla oh, fancy. <laughs> classy with the K over here. <laughs> 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 but we, uh, we do still have tickets available. For yes, we do. Now. So yeah, visit taste of And for you fabulous listeners out there, to the Rocky Mountain Food Report podcast. Yeah, um, yeah go to tasteofpikespeak.com and uh, use the code RMFR for $5 off general admission. Those are $45 regularly. Five bucks off, I'm pretty good at math. That gets you down to 40. Um, <laughs> He's the finance guy. I'm the right? finance guy. <laughs> Buy I mean, 200 tickets and you just <laughs> saved... Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, the other analytical stuff, eyes are glazing over, but I'm like, if you want to save money, yeah, I'm like, I'm listening. There is that. There so. is that. Yeah, so it's a chance for, I mean, so like we ran a uh, Valentine's Day promo uh, for this. I think that was five bucks off, too. Um, and the tagline was, why take your lover to one restaurant when you can take him to 40? And that's mm -hmm. really what this is. Yep. It's after my own heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, unlimited samples. Unlimited samples. Um, and that includes wine, beer, whiskey, places mm -hmm. like Axe and Oak, I'm sure, are going to be there. Yep. I know they are. They are um, definitely there. And then lots of local restaurants um, that we all know and love. What are what are some of the restaurants outside of Streetcar? Right. Um, and Slingers. And Slingers. And Patty Jewett. And Patty Jewett. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you're looking forward to seeing what they put on the table. Yeah. So um, we've got uh, Pizzeria Rustica and Tapateria showing up. That's uh, a scent restaurant group, Jay Gus Concepts. Uh, we've got... Um, Jake and Telly's coming. We've got oh my, so many places. I should just pull up the website. Hey, they're all on tasteofpikespeak.com. Yeah, I've looked at this list so many times, and I knew it. I knew like ten of them off the top of my head when you asked me when we sat down, and now they're well, all gone, and the I'm just stalling here. You, so you vamp yum, for yum, me, yum. okay? Um, yeah, I was gonna say, Chef Jay, um, he was recently on um, a podcast um, with Mark Henry that we did a couple months back, and uh, yeah, he is doing some really great things. Um, did you see the pizza that they had at Pizzeria Rustica? Which th I think that was Brian Blasnick that, that did oh, that I'm magic, sure it but it was Brian, a, yeah. like a lobster pizza. Yes, I did see that, yeah. Can, can we do that all the time? Uh, like, uh. <laughs> so so there are going to be lots of good eats. And then, like I said, we have so many award-winning distilleries yeah. and breweries um, yeah. in this town. Um, and then big distribution companies that are going to be having all the good wines. 
will be there as mm-hmm. well. So that'll be really tasty. But talk about a good Sunday fun day. Yeah, you ready for me so. to feature dump real quick? Let's do it. All right, Rasta Pasta, Sarah mm-hmm. Sausage, Till, Four by Brother Luck, Ernst Springs Chateau, Red Grady, Zoe's Kitchen, Stir. That's right, Stir's coming. Yum, yum. Amber signed up. I like that. I do like that. Uh, Grazing Life's going to be there. Jake's, I mentioned, Alchemy. Very cool. Colorado Cupcakes and Coffee. Swiss Chalet, The Bench, Edelweiss, Lucky Dumpling, La Casita, Bicent Brews. There's Slingers again. Mm-hmm. Border Burger Bar, The Broadmoor, Pokey Bop, Coquettes, blah, blah, blah. See, I'm on the seas. So. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. you got to get There's like 40 of them. So go to tasteofpikespeak.com. <laughs> and we'll end there. Pokey Bop. <laughs> But obviously, any kind of flavors you could um, want are going to be at this event. So it's going to be a really cool expo. And if you haven't ever been to a big food expo, they are really cool because you mentioned, uh, I think, Sarah's Sausages on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Palmer Lake, right? Yep. Um, uh, you can get them in most of the stores here. But there are just some really great local vendors that you might not even realize are in our backyards. Um, and it's really cool to go support those people because yeah. they're, they're doing good work and um, you said a grazing life. They, I mean, also a very hyper local yes. um, event coordination company. Um, so they uh, will probably be putting their lineup out for the summer, and that would be cool to see as well. So, but beyond that, um, what else um, in the Pikes Peak region do you think that we need to be adding more of for Colorado Springs? Yeah. So, I. The vision for Colorado Springs, and this isn't my vision necessarily, it's a vision that's shared amongst most restaurateurs in town at our own expense because it's going to bring in competition, but it's also going to bring in business, is really figuring out the way, like, how does Colorado Springs get the reputation of a foodie town? We're starting. And credit Brother Luck with a lot of that because the first really prominent celebrity chef to hit it in the age of in the age of the celebrity chef for Colorado Springs, um, not to take anything away from anybody else who's done stuff in this town because sure. it's been great, but um, brother on a national and international level is really helping to put us on the map. We need other people to piggyback on that. We need more face, and we need to grow the rep of this town. Taste of Pikes Peak is something that will help do that, because you get you can get this exposure to all of these places all in one place at one time. Um, we simply need more of those. More events. Yeah, street fairs, festivals, geared around uh, wine, geared around beer, geared around food. From my perspective, geared around food. Um, <laughs> I like food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like, I'm involved in a lot of educational efforts. Uh, that's specifically one of the missions of Taste of Pikes Peak and the Restaurant Association is to grow the future of the, the industry. And so we're talking about how do we attract talent to this town? The first thing you got to do is grow your rep. Mm-hmm. That's how Austin did it, right? Right. Like, they got a couple of great restaurants, and then people started moving to Austin to work at these restaurants, and then all these other restaurants open, and now it is like a food mecca. Totally. Um, we can do that, too, here. We just need a rep, mm-hmm. and it will snowball. I agree. And I do think that people are taking notice of, I mean, I think the other thing Austin had to offer was it's great landscape, you know, um, great water areas to, you know, all mingle around and enjoy. Uh, it's the hill country, so mm-hmm. it is a, um, quite a beautiful part of Texas, in my opinion. It is nice. Uh, my humble opinion. Yep. Being from Dallas, I know what flat looks like. Um, <laughs> and living in Lubbock, I really know what flat looks yeah, like. Yeah, you do. Um, so, I, and I think we have that in Colorado Springs. I mean, there's nowhere in Denver that looks like what we have out, you know, our window. Mm-hmm. And I think more events um, that kind of highlight that natural beauty, too, will be really great. 
Yeah. So I think I think we're working on that roundtable, getting together and getting some more of those events. But Taste of Pikes Peak will definitely be one of those events, mm-hmm. and again, a really great opportunity for anyone that's not familiar um, to check out some more restaurants and vendors. Or if you are, um, you're going to get some special bites, and I'm going to be real jealous. I will be going down to a different part of the Rocky Mountain region. I'll be in Santa Fe. It's so fine. I we, won't be we, sad. We see but, how you are. Oh, well, you know. As much as I'd love to come and judge cocktail competitions, because that's one of my many skills, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I'll be judging margaritas um, from the land of enchantment. And, and I will be um, just, you know, I'll be checking out. We have some winners coming up um, that we will be announcing this week because RMFR did a giveaway on yeah. our Instagram. Thank you for that. So, of, thank you. We love to get to hook up our followers, readers, listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, um, we have the code RMFR for five bucks off. But if you haven't entered that, um, that's wrapping up. So, we will have some people there that they'll be sending me pictures and we'll be putting them mm-hmm. out. And uh, just sharing that that good news. Um, and as you said, too, like, I mean, the reputation obviously matters, but um, growing your talent pool. And part of what you do, too, is a program with a high school. Local. Right. So the Colorado Restaurant Association, and specifically the Colorado Restaurant Foundation, which is an arm of it, um, is exists almost exclusively to support a program called ProStart. And for those who don't know what ProStart is, ProStart has essentially replaced home ec in high schools. These are on-staff teachers, educators, instructors who, do they teach you how to cook in a kitchen? Yeah, they teach you how to cook in a commercial kitchen. You're not going to learn how to sew. You might learn how to, <laughs> you might learn how to, uh, how to dress a side of beef. Nice. Um, I like that. And it teaches you the essentials, the mother sauces, what a brigade looks like, how to work a knife properly, what julienne means. Um, and it is designed to be a, not necessarily a pipeline for high school students to culinary industry, but exposure to that, because we are literally the fastest growing employment sector that there is um, in terms of number of bodies. Uh, healthcare still outpaces us in terms of spend growth, oh, okay. but. Um, <laughs> But um, they got deep pockets. They do. <laughs> we do not. We're thin. Um, but yeah, so students, it's a two year program involving a bunch of competitions. Uh, a lot of the proceeds from Taste of Pikes Peak, we'll be, we'll be writing a check for $5,000 to the Colorado Restaurant Foundation at the end of that event. Um, and that money's going to go straight back into high schools for the Pro Star program. And it gives these kids an opportunity to learn what it's like. Whether they choose to do that from a career perspective or not, it's exceptionally valuable experience for them to have. And if nothing else, they're going to be fabulous home cooks for the rest of their life. I was going to say, everyone needs to know how to do their laundry and mm-hmm. make themselves dinner and mm-hmm. clean a toilet and... Write a budget. Right? Right. I mean, I could be probably better at that <laughs> myself. Um, but you yeah, got my number. <laughs> you give me a call. I got your number. <laughs> but yes, I, I think that those are just... Those are life skills, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. I, mean, I did not take home ec. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I got some skills. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, that's a really great program. And I think that's exciting to see because I feel like when I was younger in school um, many moons ago, um, you know, I that wasn't really pushed. I mean, I feel like right. the TV chefs were just kind of happening. Mm-hmm. It was, um, what was Emerald's uh, tagline? Was It's not kapow, was it? No, well, that's uh, bam. Uh, bam, yeah. Bam, yeah. Bam. It was, that's when we were bamming a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, um, but it really was just kind of either just loud 
exclamatory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't. Kapow. Can we make can, Kapow a can thing? I, can Kapow be mine? That's yours. That's your thing. <laughs> That's, thing. That's your new clothes. Kapow. Kapow. All right, thanks for listening. Kapow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that that's really. Um, I think I'm I'm seeing just that that coming full circle as far as younger people um, being more interested. Yeah. Um, and becoming chefs. And um, you and I have had some conversations about. You know, it it is hard though. It, it it's hard. a grind, and it, you know they're not going to roll out and um, you know be. Wolfgang Pup. Yeah, you're you not know? coming out of culinary school. I don't care if <laughs> so, you're graduating uh, Hyde Park or not. You're yeah. not coming out and getting handed $3 million to open a restaurant. Yeah. You got to go grind it out for a while. So, and yeah, you might have to work for nothing. You might have to go do a stage, you know? If that's really your passion and you're willing to work for three months for somebody amazing for free and you can do it, then go for it. I fully support that. Um, it doesn't work for everybody. And it's not. It's frankly, it's not a position that until you get to the upper echelons of it, it's not highly compensated. You're going to grind it out. You're going to work really hard, and you're not going to make a pile of money. You got to have the passion for it. I agree. And with passion, um, you know, we we want to see those successes grow. Um, I mean, every restaurant I think is a passion project. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think are some of the things that we are missing in the region right now? Um, in Colorado Springs, in the Pikes Peak region, that we could be offering, uh, you know, better to our to our customers, to our consumers. Oh, you know, I don't want to give away any secrets on what the concept should <laughs> be. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> we got like four concepts in the <laughs> hopper, D. I'm not gonna come in here and say, oh yeah, we need we need great vegan delivery. I'm sorry, we're doing that already. We just are. wait. <laughs> we are. Yeah, absolutely. I just. I. I guess I hear that question a lot. Like, yeah. what could we be doing better? And um, I, I'm seeing more diversity, um, more smaller focused concepts. Yeah. Um, I just finally made it over to the Chippy, the British fish and chip shop on Austin Bluffs. I don't know if you've been over there yet, but just kind of those little pockets. And like you even said, like a, like a diner. I mean, it's like, man, that would be tasty as hell, wouldn't it? So uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that we are working our way that direction. And I'm sure at the event we will get to see some really special nuggets yes. um, of some things maybe to come. And I, I know there are many projects happening. And yeah. I wish y'all would come on the podcast and tell me what they are. Well, you gotta, <laughs> you got to get them developed. Just, because just keep listening. Well, that's, keep but listening. that's the hell of this thing, right? Like you can, we can get three months into concept development and it could come time to start writing the first checks and you'd be like, you know what, now's not at the right time, I'm too busy, or, oh, one of these investors backed out, and now we're looking for an extra, we're looking for that 15 grand somewhere else, and we don't have it, and so you never want to pull the trigger until, like, you sign a lease, and you never want to go public with it, because the one of the worst things you can do is say, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and then, like, this and this happen, and the other things just die, and then you lose your rep. Right. You know, because that's what we all trade on in this. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. So never... Uh, yeah, under under promise over delivery, right? <laughs> I, I think I I think I reverse that sometimes. Is that just relationship advice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm no, I'm I'm the exact opposite of that, and one of those. Oh man, well, we're gonna take a really quick break, and then we're gonna be right back. So stay with us. Is this thing on? 
Hi, y'all. This is Dion Roberts, your host of Rocky Mountain Food Report, the podcast you're listening to right now, and the editor-in-chief of RockyMountainFoodReport.com. If you haven't had a chance to check out our website, I want to send you over there. It's www.RockyMountainFoodReport.com, which is where you're going to find additional articles, recaps of awesome food and beverage events we've attended, previews of upcoming events, um, deets on giveaways we're hosting on Instagram and Facebook, so all kinds of fun stuff that's pertinent to the Rocky Mountain region's food and beverage news. Thank you so much, too, from the bottom of our hearts for listening to us share this yummy, yummy news. Um, And keep listening and take a peek as soon as you can, www.rockymountainfoodreport.com. All right, we are back, and we want to just start with a little recap of this awesome event coming to Colorado Springs um, Sunday, March 8th, Taste of Pikes Peak. We have been talking with Mr. Travis Blaney of How To Hospitality, and um, he is a big proponent of this lovely food expo. Um, We have a promo code for you, too, RMFR, for 5 bucks off GA. Um, The event starts, well... VIP 11 to noon. Yeah, wait, yeah. So, yeah, the VIP yeah. hour is 11 to 12, and then general admission starts at 12. And right. I, whichever level you have, I recommend being there as soon as you can get in. And if you've been to any festival of any kind, you know, honestly, the VIP ticket is worth it yeah. because you get that, that power hour um, before it's just, you know, lots of people. Um, so, if you want a little bit more of an intimate, um, setting, mm-hmm. then, you know, just spring for it. And yeah, I think we got little... like 20 maybe left-ish okay. of, so. the, uh, of the VIP, although by the time this gets up, it, they're probably gone. But hey, give it a shot. Why not? We'll try to go to the that. website anyway, we'll aren't you? We'll about it. Yeah, taste the bike. Taste the bike. I'm a fart. All right. Kapow. Kapow. Okay, so transitioning back a bit, what do you think in your experience with how to are some of the top, like, three reasons that restaurants are successful? First and foremost, engagement. Engagement with their clientele. And does that that's, include social media? or you Absolutely it does. Okay. Yeah, no. I mean, the most important thing is what you do with them once they're in the door. Getting them in the door, you can, you can pay for that. You know, That's what we all do. We all mm-hmm. pay to get people in the door. It's what you do with them once they're there. Create the experience. Build the memory that makes them want to come back and makes them want to talk to other people about it. That's the key. And that's everything from what kind of chair they sit in to what's on their plate to what the smile looked like on the person that served them was to if they got a good farewell on the way out the door. It really is simple. Treat them like people in your home, they're going to come back. Um, that's the number one thing. The number two thing is to let people know who you are and be true to yourself. That can be embracing the latest trend and innovating, if that's who you are. It could be sticking to your roots and doing traditional, if that's who you are. But don't cross those things. If you are, if you're a classic Greek restaurant, be the best damn classic Greek restaurant you can be. If you are a hotspot that is bringing in all of these influences from all over the world and trying to stay on trend or ahead of the curve, then do that. And don't be afraid to let the tried and true favorites go because you're going to create a new tried and true favorite and you're going to win people over to it. And they're all going to come in and they're going to say, well, I can't get the pasta anymore. I'm like, well, we don't do pasta anymore. Try this. It's fantastic. (laughs) Sorry, Bernard. Right? (laughs) Bernard. Change is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's necessary. But you don't have to be like, I just say, 
stay true to who you are. Protect your identity at all costs. And don't cannibalize yourself and don't bastardize yourself. And I think that's a great talking point for any brand yeah. out there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then my third thing is be good to your people. You know, not just your customers. Be good to your staff. Protect them first. Um, you know, there's a little trick. We all run into uh, cash, let's say cash flow problems in this industry, right? Especially this time of year. Um, where you're like, oh boy, okay, I got rent due and I got payroll due and, and then I got 941s to pay. And, I got, eh. and okay, so I'm going to overdraft by 1500 bucks and blah, blah, blah. And how that, how's that going to work? So what a lot of us do to protect our staff first and foremost is it's something as simple and stupid as having two bank accounts. You have a payroll bank account and you have an operating bank account. The day you run payroll, you move all the money out of the operating account into the payroll account. And you bounce checks out of your operating account, but you never bounce a payroll <laughs> check. Because you know yeah. what happens when you bounce a payroll check? People stop showing up to work and yeah. then you toast. Yeah, hit the road. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. I mean, as, as you know, I, I understand it. Um, so with those three components, um, what do you think are three of the most common, like, failure things that restaurants are, are up to in the springs. Yeah, I'll tell you the number one thing, and this just isn't in the springs, this is with anything. When somebody does a, a new build, when somebody launches a restaurant, you want to talk about why most restaurants fail out of the gate, and it still is like an 85% failure rate within three years. Most of them go down really fast, and it's because they're undercapitalized. I can't tell you how many people that Greg and I have talked to who come to us and say, yeah, I got this great concept on paper and here's what I want to do. And we've already tested all the product. And we've got the menu development done and we know who we want to bring on to manage it. And, and we have, we think we have the space and we're ready to sign a lease. And what do you guys think? And we say, how much money you got? And they say, well, you know, the build out's going to cost, I don't know, the build out's going to cost like 50 grand. So we got like 53 grand and we're like, triple it, just triple it yeah, at least low. depending. Yeah. I mean, because you need a float. You are not going to open the doors and crush it. I mean, maybe you will, <laughs> but you're probably not going to. Um, or you're going to have a great first month, and sure. then you're going to die down, and then it's going to ride waves until you stabilize after three years. And then it's going to snow in June. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then your hot water heater is going to explode. Uh, I mean, all of these things. When you're undercapitalized, you never can get ahead of the curve. And then you start paying finance charges and you start borrowing money that's really expensive and you're spending money to spend money. And those are the kind of things that just take people out really, really fast. So we always say, you know what, if you're going to do anything, it depends on how many people you're going to hire because payroll is always your biggest expense. But, you know, you need like 40 grand just sitting there just in working capital. You got to buy all your food. You got to buy all your booze. That booze is going to sit on the shelf for a while before you get that cash back. Um, you're not going to get it back in three days. Be happy if you get it back in three weeks. Sometimes you're not going to get it back for three months, depending on what you do. So just have the cash sitting on a shelf, ready to go. And you know what? If you're open a year and a half and you've, and out of that 40, you've still got 20 on a float and you've never had a payroll problem and you've never had a, never had to make a cash call, then great. Make a big old loan payment, make yourself happy. Make your investors happy. Start putting money in your pocket on a draw and count yourself uh, amongst the smart, lucky few who really made it work. But be ready for it not to. Yeah. Um, what are some of the restaurants in town that you have not personally <laughs> come in to fix, uh -huh. but that you see 
doing things in, the you know, right the way. right those top three right things that you mentioned I mean look the first first person that I look at in this town whenever anybody says who is who do you admire in this town the most who's still operating I mean, you know I would have told you until he retired last year I would have told you it was Tony Leahy who opened the famous and I mean he doesn't he doesn't have a piece of it anymore he sold it off but Tony's bar that's Tony Tony. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he was involved with um, Wincoop and Phantom Canyon when it got built out. Um, and then his last thing was uh, Patty Jewett, which he then sold to Greg. Um, Tony helped build this town from a restaurant perspective. But of the guys that are operating now, the seasoned pros, I still look at Franco Pisani as like a personal hero of mine. And one, it's because of his personality and his engagement and his support and his dedication. Yes, all of that is great. Um, he's also a hilarious and beautiful man, but what he does to support his team, the efforts that he goes to to make the lives of his employees better, um, whether that's providing them health insurance, providing them personal loans, taking them food, like, I can't tell you how many staff members of his that I know who've lost loved ones and he's fed them for weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, he's remarkable and extremely dedicated to his team. And he's tough on them too, don't get me wrong. He's still the boss and he still requires results. But that man has a huge a huge heart to go along with his huge restaurant. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, to me that's almost even a little bit of the Italian culture coming out. I mean, Absolutely. you know, you you take good care of your people and yeah, I mean, there there's there's still a hierarchy. I mean, my dad used to always be like it's still 1958 in here. I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm in trouble." <laughs> but uh, you know, but yeah, I I think Franco would be a, a really excellent example of that. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, and so he will be hopefully walking into Taste of Pikes Peak so you can get to see that beautiful man. Yeah, he'd better. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just to recap a little bit on Pikes Peak, so coming up at the Broadmoor Sunday, March 8th, mm-hmm. uh, we said 40 restaurants, 20 vendors. Um, like you said, 20, yeah, 20 beverage vendors at least, at least on both of those things. I mean, we'll be booking people until two days before the event. Sure. For booths. That's just the way this thing goes. Um, but what we do want to do is extend to everyone listening this um, $5 off the general admission ticket. You can Woo-woo. visit. Yep. <laughs> just for you, fabulous people. Keep that five spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can visit tasteofpikespeak.com. And use the promo code RMFR, which everybody should be able to remember. Armfer. I think it, yeah, RMFR. So the general admission ticket standard wise is 45 now. It'll just get you five bucks off. This will get you down to 40. And it is totally worth it. You know, we did a little Valentine's Day promotion a couple of weeks ago and said the tagline was, why, why take your lover to one restaurant when you can take them to 40? Yeah, I like that. That's really what this is. Come visit 40 restaurants. I like that. That was, that's a cute one. Yeah. (laughs) You hit it on the head there, Chad. Hey, I have one good idea a year. (laughs) That was it. I like it. I like it a lot. It's a hot one. But, yeah, so that's coming up. It's going to be a really great Sunday fun day. Um, We are super jealous that we will be missing this event um, because it's usually in April. um, And they bumped it up a a hair this year. Um, So kick off the beginning of March um, the right way with all the good eats and drinks. Yeah, it also happens to be daylight savings, which all the restaurants are thrilled about losing an hour. (laughs) Yeah, that's always a bummer. Um, But, well, I mean, again. 
eat eat and drink your you know your, your lost hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, so so gain gain forty <laughs> gain forty eats there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you won't gain forty s- pounds though. They're yeah. small bites. Yeah, yeah, you'll be alright. Maybe maybe five, but maybe it, five. totally worth it. Maybe five. Yeah, I mean abs are cool and all, but yeah. you know three 40 from the food, <laughs> two from the booze. It's fine. <laughs> you work it off the next week. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to making the event next year. Um, and again, if you have any questions about uh, how to, um, Trav is your guy, Trav mm-hmm. and Greg. Um, they can kind of get you appointed in the right direction. And then again, if you have any questions about Taste of Pikes Peak, go to the website, tasteofpikespeak.com. And do use that promo code. Like I said, save yourself 500 pennies. Right. And, uh, yeah, we have some really cool things coming up here in Colorado Springs. I'm looking forward to more of these outside events that you mentioned. And I think be on the lookout for more people coming together to try to make those events happen. Yes. So it's we we talking about it. All yeah. right. We're working on it. So thank you so much for listening today. This is Dion with Rocky Mountain Food Report, Armafar. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and go check out Taste of Pikes Peak coming up March 8th. Thanks so much. 